they're both big scary vipers. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Hello, I'm Nipper Reed. And I'm Phil Wolf. So, settle down, have a nice cup of tea, and enjoy the Venomous Exchange Radio Podcast. Crumpets, Nipper. I want the crumpets. Well, as you've been such an extraordinarily good boy... Hello. It's been too long, mate. It has been a long time. It has been a long time. We have both been very, very busy boys. Busy, busy bees. But um, it's lovely to be back. It's lovely to see your face. You're looking so well, which is great. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's good. No, I feel like we haven't had a chance to chat for ages. I've been traveling the globe and you've been moving. I know. Just You're just a globe-trotting son of a bitch. I'm trying to get there. I've still got a load of trips planned for the rest of the year. How many frequent flyer miles do you have? Uh, sadly, it's all with different airlines because I I'm budget traveler. Uh, okay. I don't spend big dollars to travel because I I'm fortunate. As soon as I get on a plane, I fall asleep. So <laughs> there's absolutely no point me paying shed loads of money. So uh, yeah, it's always eco travel for me. Except to when I go to America, I, I won't because it's such a long flight. But yeah. for the European flights, it's it's cheap as ships travel. So uh, yeah, I've actually been been meaning to ask you. Like, I have so many friends that have like the American Express frequent flyer thing, or like the Visa frequent flyer thing, where they just use their card and they get miles. Yeah. And I didn't know if you took advantage of that because I mean, shit, you travel more than anyone I know. Yeah, no. Um, the only thing I take advantage of sometimes is what we over here call blue light cards, so emergency services discounts oh, okay. and stuff like that. But cool. um, yeah, um, no, I sadly have to pay. I mean, this year, I don't even want to think about how much money I've spent on flying to various places to help. But uh, I've still got... It. It's, oh, mate, there's no point dying with money in the bank. It's uh, Memories are everything, you know. If anyone's thinking about doing a trip and thinking, oh, I'll wait till next year and save the money, just get out there and do it. It's get it, get it done. I've still got trips to America to do. I've got another trip with you to do this year. I know. God, I'm so excited. I am fizzing for it, mate. Absolutely I, fizzing for it. I literally, I, I waited till Rob was back because Rob went to Arizona again. Yeah, after again. The, again, right? Again. Yeah. Fucking, that guy's incredible. Um, Legitimately, he is an inspiration, but... Uh, I waited for him to get home and get settled or whatever. And then him and I were catching up and, and I don't know how often you talk to him, but you can't just have a 20 minute conversation with Rob no. Stone. You can't, no. it, it's gotta be at least an hour minimum. God, I know I've spoken for more than that with him just chumming about God knows what, but uh, he was telling me about some recent hikes he did in his neighborhood and then going back to Arizona. And um, so I, I asked Rob, I was like, Hey man, I'm, you know, an hour and a half, two hours south of where we're going to be herping. I'm like four hours south of where we're going to be staying and like really coordinating everything. I said, start sending me the GPS spots. Let me at least scout this stuff out and kind of get like a, a scout, a couple scout missions to see if it's even worth it. I mean, for all we know, it could be, it, it could be crap. You know, it could be mowed by the the state lawnmowers and, and there's no animals at all. You know, who knows? So I got with him and uh, dude, looking at the itinerary that he's starting to draft it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Oh, I've been, I was chatting to him yesterday, and uh, I don't know if you know yet, he's added another target species. Oh. 
Wait, to the, to the Florida trip? Yes. Okay, enlighten me. Oh, you're going to love it. It's not even a real species. Come on, what do you got? What am I always ripping you that it's not a real thing? Oh, you're talking about cane breaks? Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. I, first of all, they are atricodetus for life. Um, <laughs> so I, it was to my knowledge that we're going to be like four or five hours south of where they are. Yeah, but it's Rob. I mean, five hours uh, yeah, for true. Rob is, is nothing. Is, he gets to see true. what he wants to see. That's, you know, and you've got to remember, yeah. he, he, he's not like a normal human being. He doesn't need to eat or sleep ever. That is very true. That is, that is very, lives, very true. He literally <laughs> exists off craft beer. That's he it. does. He does. He gets every, he's like some amoeba that just absorbs craft beer <laughs> and he can just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been, uh, I believe that's been added to the itinerary. So that should be exciting. Man. See, now I got to see the map, man, because. Uh, knowing Rob, it could be one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're going to leave in the morning, find him in the afternoon, and then drive back, you know? Oh, 100%. And 100%. It, it'll be a 1,000% worth it because I've never yeah. seen a cambric in the wild, ever. I've never seen any of the Crotalus horridus clade, whatever mm. you want to call it, in the wild period. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's mad. Yep. So, no, I'm absolutely fizzing for that trip. That's going to be great, man. It's going to be should great. bug you for uh, advice prior to going. Because um, obviously I'm going to come out slightly, I'll come out the day before or a couple of days before just so I can acclimatize again because that worked really well for the last trip. Okay, good. So, you know, if you can give me some suggestions of where to, what area to stay in. and Yeah, all absolutely. That, all that good stuff. Well, have you already bought your plane ticket? Not yet, no. Okay, I was going to say is if you want, fly in by me and I'll just drive us up. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure I'll, that we'll, out. We'll figure that off air because this is probably not that interesting for people that aren't going on the trip. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you just got back. For, well, let's do this. How are the animals? Yeah, oh, everything is good. Everything is good. I am drowning in eggs at the moment. Um, really? Yes. I think a lot of the stuff that I had sort of come of age this season, um, uh, whether it's because I've been really concentrating on diet uh, and food cycling and that sort of thing, I don't know if that's made a difference, but I am literally drowning in eggs at the moment. It's brilliant. Wow. I'm super excited. Um, so, yeah, I'm just waiting. It should be hatching soon. should be my northern pines. Awesome. Which are the biggest eggs for such a little, well, not for a, quite a long snake, but for such a thing snake, they're the biggest eggs. They're Isn't ridiculous. it wild? They are huge. It's you wouldn't amazing. think that could come out of that snake. I know. Like when people see blood python eggs and it comes out of the blood python, they're like, all right, cool. If they see retic eggs and it came out of reticulated python, they're like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. When you see pine snake or any of the Pityophis genus yeah. eggs in your hand and it's the length of your hand and you're like, what yeah. is this monster? Yeah. Incredible. It's yeah, it's um, unbelievably big. Um, so I've got, yeah, they're all doing well. The little, um, I, I I was fortunate enough to get hold of uh, a dendrophilia, um, which was a black and white phase. Nice. Um, but it needed some TLC, and that seems to be doing really, really well. It's feeding on its own um, nice. and, and putting weight on, which is, which is really good. So I'm hoping to get him up to size and put him with my beast of a uh, of a female so that's a little future yeah. project what's it like two and a half foot 
Uh, at the minute, yeah, it's about two and a half foot. The female is just phenomenal. She's stunning. But um, he was a little worse for wear. But I'm, I'm pleased to say that um, he seems to have turned the corner and he's 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 putting weight on it and he's uh, looks fairly robust again now, which is good. Awesome. I have bought an awful lot of snakes since I last spoke to you. We had, um, we had the big UK show. Um, because of all the problems now, because we're not part of Europe in terms of law anymore, um, for English people to go over to the shows in Europe is a lot harder now in terms of bringing animals back. So the UK show um, has become much bigger. Um, so I vended there, uh, which was really, really cool, really well organised show. Um, I sold quite a bit of stuff, which was good. Um, but I also spent an awful lot of money. Which is also good. So I bought some nice bits there. Um, so now you, you showed me the the colubrids. What venomous did you purchase? Uh, none. They don't have venomous at the ah, UK show. Okay. You, okay. They're not. They you can't have any license um, for venomous at the at the UK show. So I just bought king snakes there. Good enough for me. Oh, they're beautiful. They're stunning. And some really nice American locality stuff. So that's that's nice. really cool. Yeah, great. How about you? I mean. We'll talk about you moving later, but how's the stuff doing generally? Uh, it's good. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who are obviously listening, I, I recently moved. Um, and the room that the animals are in is very, very hot naturally. Um, it gets a ton of sun all day long. So before I moved the animals in, I actually uh, went in there and I, I, uh, it, it looks like total crap. <laughs> it's not a professional job at all but I got that one-way mirror tinting for windows and my friend and I put as much panes of this tint we could. So on the outside, it's a mirror on the inside. It's just a heavy tinting um, to try and cut back some of the heat from the day. Cause from, Oh geez, at least from two o'clock to sunset, it's just getting pelted with sun. So I did that. And then I hung a pair of govies. Uh, one on each side of the room on the north side and the south side, just to kind of get an idea of what I was working with before I started bringing the cages and everything in. And the hottest it's been in the past month and a half is with, with animals or no animals is 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's right where I need it to be for the air. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if it's not African or middle Eastern, it I, it's North American colubrids. So, Everything is fine for summer temperatures, and I imagine that it's gonna, it's probably gonna drop at least ten degrees in winter, but still maintain that high seventies, you know, oh, during the day. That's perfect. Yeah. So, I don't need any heat lamps. I have none of the racks are turned on. None of the heat tape is turned on. The only uh, lamps that are actually in there right now is on the Rinkal adults. I have a, a, a small halogen basking site that brings it up to like 90 something, but it's only on for about three hours a day in the afternoon. It's on a timer. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, there's no heat emitters. There's no heat tape. There's no uh, uh, lamps of any kind. So now I got to go through and I got to LED everything just to make it look presentable and, 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 and give some more light in there. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to do UV, small UVBs on some of the montane rattlesnakes, um, as well as the the pygmy rattlesnakes, just because I feel like they are more prone to sit out in the sun. But a lot of the other stuff, colubrids, pythons, 
king snakes corn snakes it just i'm just gonna do led lights and call it a day perfect so yeah that's um that's going there and it's interesting because now i have everything in one room everything's starting to shed on cycle i know it's really crazy it's so crazy yeah um yeah i've I've just put a big um aircon thing in mind just so that i can really because believe it or not in the uk we've had some outstanding weather over the last few weeks um like 35 degrees whatever nice. that is in old money yeah, yeah and um it was getting too hot in the in the, in the snake building yeah, so I, i've hot. got a big freestanding aircon in there um and, I, and like you i'm now although they have individual um basking bulbs they really are rarely coming on they're on obviously thermostats but the background temperature is kind of staying at 84 in the daytime yeah. dropping so down like, to like 29 70. 28 yeah, and then dropping yeah. down to sort of um, 77, 75 yeah. at night. It's perfect. So like 20, 23, perfect. 24 at night. Yeah, absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah, that, so, that was that was actually my goal. My goal was to to keep everything between 28 and 29 during the hottest part of the day. And then if I can get it into the low 20s at night, then that's golden. So, 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's good. So let me tell you about my travels then. Let's hear it, baby. Rock and roll. So it seems it's oh it's I literally had a month uh, almost a month solid herping. It was, it was it, fabulous. It, it's, it's so incredible. Like I, I'm literally laughing at an astonishment yeah, that I mean, someone is physically able to do that and still has a day job. <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm very fortunate with my job. I, I yeah. work fun. I work funny hours, and I get a lot of time off because I sort of you know, yeah, I work compressed hours and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I literally just had a month off work, of which the majority of that I was abroad herping. Fantastic! I just need That's to wild. do it all. The, I can't wait to retire and do it all the time. But, um, <laughs> it's going to be good. Ah, oh, but I had, as you know, I had another trip back to the states, which is becoming by far my favourite place to herp. Um, Excellent. This time uh, we went to Utah. Although we did pop into Arizona, we we did uh, go to Utah. I'm going to annoy a lot of people now. I flew into Vegas, and it's the most disappointing place I've ever been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just, I was so gutted. I mean, you see Vegas on the telly, and it looks amazing, and everybody knows Las Vegas, and I thought it was going to be – it was really small. Yeah, yeah. It's one, it's, well, let me rephrase that. It's a very large city. But the strip that we see in the yeah. movies and television, it's, it's tiny. I think it what is it like five miles long? If that, no, I, don't, I don't even think it's that long. Yeah, it, yeah. It was the whole, I mean, the really, whole strip. Yeah, yeah. It was super disappointing. But fortunately, I didn't stay there very long. Um, I'm, I flew out um, earlier so that I could acclimatize this time because before I was literally um, just the, the time differences and the, the length of travel and all that lot spammed me out before. So yeah, and you flew into McCarran. Uh, I flew into the whichever airport. The, the main international. The main airport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I okay. literally uh, got a cab from the airport to the strip where I was, I was staying just off the strip. Uh, I went in my hotel room and I went to sleep. And okay. then I, I woke up at about what would have been three o'clock in the morning your time. But I felt so much better for doing that. And then yeah. I sort of stayed awake and gradually 
uh, acclimatized for the rest of the week. Sure, sure. It made such a difference, hundred percent. Because I was like a zombie on the last trip. I was yeah, just befuddled. Yeah, the, the Cerberus trip, man. Like I just yeah. remember seeing you in the car. You were just out of it. You know, I was, I was bollocks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Staying awake for thirty six hours and then only getting like three or four hours sleep a night for the rest of the week is not good. It's like special forces training. Um, <laughs> But no, this trip I I, I did well. I, I I had a solid eight hours sleep before I met everybody, so I was able to yeah. just keep going. So we uh, we all convened, uh, well, uh, four of us convened in Vegas, and then left as soon as possible. Well, the Nevada was quite nice, but Vegas itself wasn't that exciting. Uh, and then we drove straight out into Utah, and I have to say, and I don't wish to annoy anybody again, Utah, the scenery is just incredible i thought vegas was cool i sorry, i thought um arizona was cool but utah it is just amazing I mean, as a photographer from a photographer the light there is different it's yeah oh yeah you know all the pink rock and the red rocks that just mind-blowing absolutely yeah. beautiful and all the all the rock formations and Really, really loved just the scenery of Utah. It was it was really cool. Um, and we were really lucky. We um, at, were so fortunate in what we found. Um, we went, we had a number of targets. Uh, our first target was uh, some mountain kings. We went to an area and um, Dustin, again, Dustin as always, Oh yeah, he found a pair of pyros mating in about an hour. We've been on site for about an hour, and 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 if I may interject, for those listening, these are not just normal mountain Arizona mountain king snakes, pyromalana, pyromalana. These are infralobulus. This is the Utah mountain king snake. This is the most rich, vibrant black, and just pop color of just just high contrast mountain king snakes these are the dream king snakes that everyone wishes they had in their collection they honestly being a a real king snake nerd they were so dark they were i don't understand the availability is probably not as easy but to me the dark ones these look so much nicer than the the very bright pyromalanas they are yeah they just look sinister they're so black but to see a pair mate or to see one in the wild is incredible because it's not something you can hurt for is it as you know it's just if you're lucky it crosses your path like coral snakes and that sort of thing yes yes but to see a pair mating in front of you is it was it was incredible it's such a really cool experience um and then we went for one of our big targets which was latosis um and we met up with a charming chap, which you probably a lot of people will know off uh, Instagram, which was Aspen. And um, he took us to like a, a, a den site. And that was my first experience of seeing um, that sort of den site. So it was it was quite a montane site, a big rock slide um, with a river running through. It was stunning scenery anyway, but the Latosis absolutely phenomenal really really nice example um, oh yeah a, the sort of um how can i put it cookies and cream yeah but this was a more cryptic version it oh, was really 
yeah, it was a really nice sort of forest floor color pattern. Wow. Check it, check out the, my Instagram. There are pictures oh, yeah. of it. Check out the, yeah, there are pictures of it on there. Really, really nice example. Calm as anything. We had a really nice time to sat there, but took loads of photographs. We then got caught in a, a bit of a, a storm, which turned out to be a little bit uh, inconvenient trying to get back across the river that was quite small when we crossed it the first time. On the way back was now a raging torrent. Uh, so we all ended up getting quite wet, except for Dustin. Just... And now it, this was like a legitimate storm, not opposed to the, the air quotes storm that we encountered uh, in Arizona. Oh, no, no, no. This is a we need a to get storm. we need to get back to the car storm because yeah. we don't want to be up a mountain in this sort of weather. Yeah. Storm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. And li literally what was a relatively easy river to step across on boulders or whatever became a raging torrent. We all got wet trying to get back. Um, yeah except for Dustin, who's got very long legs. Uh, and it's a lot more agile than the rest of us. Yeah, um, he's a fucking antelope. <laughs> he is. Um, but that, that, that was really, really cool to see. Um, and our next target, we tried hard for. Um, and I think that's the, it's not the nice bit about herping, but it's the realistic bit about herping. You're, you're very, very lucky to see everything you want to see on a trip. Um, and we tried for Concolor. We really tried. We walked a long way for Concolor. Um, we didn't find it. Um, we was in the right habitat. I think, um, with discussions with Rob, I think we were too early. Um, but I it's one of those things. If you're going to do a trip, you want to try and get in as much as possible. If we'd have gone later, would we have seen other things? Yeah. You've just got to balance it out. It, it, it's, you know, we had a fabulous trip. Um, and it gives me an excuse to go back. So there's already a, uh, a 2024 um, Utah trip planned. Oh, awesome. So save your leave. Um, where we're going to go back for Concart. The other thing is because they've had um, some quite heavy storms, a lot of the, um, some, some of the paths have been washed out and the area in the Grand Canyon that we were going to go to for Abyssus, it was no no public access. So yeah, yeah. Rob told me that I guess the whole north end of the canyon collapsed. Yeah. So uh, and they've done no repair work, and the weather wasn't the weather was hit and miss. It was yeah. Uh, it was very cold for the time of year there, and and heavy rain. So um, whilst that was great because that probably brought the pyros out. Yeah. It wasn't great for seeing the rattlesnakes. So uh, abyssus. Uh, came off the list um and then we went we so we drove uh further into utah where the temperatures were a little bit better and the weather was a little bit better and then uh, we went to another fabulous site um which had really really cool orange sand and orange sort of sandstone escarpments it looked just like every picture of australia that you see honestly you could have had a Woma or an AMA just sat on something. It, it, That's it was, awesome. It, it, Eric was just taking picture after picture just to do, right, I want to recreate that because I can have carpets in here. It, it looked just like Australia. That's um, cool. That's cool. And uh, Justin found a cracking cookies and cream latosis. Oh. Literally um what a stunning snake again there's pictures on instagram but just the 
the boldness of the pattern makes no sense visually when it's coiled up on orange sand. I'm guessing when it moves, there's a much more better, uh, you know, like pattern disruption. Sure, sure. But when it's just, when you see this black and white snake coiled up on orange sand, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, and they're quite a big, quite a chunky species. Oh, yeah. Know, of a, a decent size. Um, so, yeah, the area uh, was quite prolific for those. So we, I think we found three in that little area, including uh, two basking out completely in the open. And Rob, wow. found, Rob found one which he really wanted to find doing typical rattlesnake stuff curled up in a crack. Uh, we got some nice photographs of that. That's cool. Awesome. Um, and that was an area we, we found, you know, some really nice other species there, uh, ground snakes and desert tortoise. Um, but that was also an area for healers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so we spent a, you know, a few nights or late evenings there uh, looking for healers Um and the, it was really, really cool because Dustin found so no, so Justin found some healer tracks. Oh, um, really? I don't know on orange sand to see the healer tracks and follow the healer so tracks. Cool. It's it's brilliant. Um, it, 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 you know, anytime you're tracking something by by uh, looking at its movements on sand, I think is really, really good. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And it's really, it's kind of frustrating because the tracks were so fresh and yet we couldn't find the healer. Uh, um, uh. So we, we went back the next day and uh, I think it was Aspen, it might have been Chris or Aspen, found a healer. Nice. Now I used to keep healers and to see one just walking along in the wild absolutely spammed me out. It, it was. I, I don't know what I would do. And Honestly, like, I, I was talking to Rob about this and he, after you guys got back and him and I were having our conversation about Florida and everything. And he was very, very bummed about not finding the midget faded, but it, it's like, dude, the, the Gila, like a oh. Gila monster in the wild, like on yeah, the prowl. I mean, to be fair, once I'd seen the pyros and that was an hour into our herping, yeah. If I hadn't seen anything else, it would still have been an amazing right. trip. Exactly. As as exactly. It, it's I mean, just like the 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 black mountain rattlesnake. Hundred percent. Yeah. Which we yeah. found, you know, with about an hour. That, yeah. like, if I'd have seen nothing else, it would have the trip would have been worth it. Yeah. Um, and, and the number of species, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was in the high thirties or forties number of species that we found. Oh yeah. Over, overall for the trip, yeah, it would have been great to see midget faded. Yeah. But it's you know it doesn't matter that we didn't. I'll go back and I'll see it another time. Exactly. You know, exactly. It, was, it was a really cool trip. It's but, honestly, I'm happy that you, me, Rob, and Eric still need to find Price Eye. Oh, 100 percent. Because we we have like I have to go back. Like I have to find. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that is my white whale. That is. Okay, sorry, I digress. Go, no, no, uh, go back. To yeah, the so no, so the healers. So we're all around photographing this healer as it, it sort of walked into the bottom of a, an open sort of uh, a bush, and it's just sat there quite happily, not being fussed by us. And then there was a just uh, Justin went off uh, to see if he could find something else, and he shouted, and he found another one within about ten minutes. So wow. everybody ran off to find the other one, and I just thought, well, I'm here, and I just sat. And for about 20 minutes, half an hour, there's just me 
nothing, total silence, just the wind in the desert sort of thing. Me sat with a healer monster just looking at one another. And he wasn't bothered by me at all. He was just doing healer monster stuff. And I just thought that is such a privilege. Do you know what I mean? Never in my lifetime did I think, you know. When you sent me the video of you sitting with the Viper in, was it Crete? No, that's Milos. Milos, excuse me. When you were sitting with the Milos Viper, and all I could think of was how many times when we're out herping, especially with with friends, because it's Mm. it's way more difficult to do this with friends than it is when you're by yourself. But we're so enamored or we're so fixated on going to find the next thing yeah we don't know we don't want to burn daylight we don't want to waste time with one animal yeah that we forget that we can just sit and just have a spiritual moment with that individual specimen and uh, you're that's a blessing man that's awesome honestly i mean what i never thought i would see a healer in the wild yeah yeah but but to sit there and just watch it completely unfazed by me just literally walking around sniffing around just but not you know it wasn't on a mission it would literally just sit and stop for five ten minutes and then shuffle on a little it was just amazing absolutely amazing now i saw your i saw your guys photos of the of both healers right yeah but i'm going to ask this question despite physically seeing the pictures when the when the monsters walked did they have any heft to the midriff or was the tail as robust as it looks when they're static? Because I feel like, like, was there extra skin on the sides? Cause I'm just thinking of like the health of my, oh, yeah. my lizard and like other friends, captive lizards and how we feed the crap out of them and they yeah. get big and fat. And I've, I always am curious, not about, you can see if a Gila monster's fat in a photo, but to see it walking, yeah, I would say list. the first one we found looked like it looked like it had just come out of promotion. It was okay. quite shabby and didn't have clearly didn't have much fat reserves on it. Okay. The second one that Justin found looked like a tank. <laughs> That's awesome. It looked healthy, robust. Um and again everyone photographed that and then was going off for something else. And me and Dustin just sat with that one for a while. Um, the thing I really noticed is super aggressive. And compared to captive healers that I've had or friends have had, these were really, really aggressive in terms of if you got within about two foot of it, it would be puffing itself up. It would have its mouth open. It would be, you know, head would be smashing around. Yeah. The captive ones, you know, you can almost reach in and tickle it under the chin and it, it might have a little huff at you, but not really. Yeah. So, but uh, in terms of, yeah, in terms of body composition, I think, as you say, I think we do tend to overfeed everything, but the second one was definitely healthy and robust. Nice. But there was there was a, a noticeable solidity to it. You can probably see that Excellent. in the pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I was curious about. I've actually yeah. and, and now that I moved, I um my old healing enclosure, uh, I I abandoned it. I left it at the apartment. I took the oh, okay. I took the the fake plants out and I took a bunch of the substrate out and I'm debating if I'm going to put her in a three foot because it was like a four foot uh, 
glass aquarium from like the 60s and it's okay. big and heavy and i was like this thing isn't gonna fit anywhere i'll just i'll just trash yeah. it but everyone is telling me how good they do in a rack oh really and i'm just wondering if maybe i should just try it yeah i feel bad I for know. her i don't so, know mate. i mean I, I, don't I, know. You know, I mean mine were in a six foot viv okay with really deep substrate with like plastic piping down into like a a central box type thing that you um, had an actual structured box that with the pipe coming out of it. Yeah. It, it wasn't anything, but it was literally like a, um, a, R- a rubber made tub, a, a rubber made tub type thing with just corrugated pipe that you get from, I don't know what the equivalent to B and Q is home yeah. Depot. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. That sort of thing. It wasn't nothing special, just some pipe work coming out. And then the uh, substrate was over the top of that. So there was an entrance to the pipe. Oh, wow. So you couldn't see the the box under mm-hmm. the substrate sort of thing. Um, and they loved it. They would, you know, sleep in there. And then the light on the timer would come on at a certain time. Oftentimes they'd come out before the light come on and be sat underneath it waiting to heat up. Nice. They'd sit underneath it for an hour or so. And then they'd bugger off and... And then you cohab them? Uh, I cohab them, yeah. Wow. Okay. I cohab them. Um I did introduce just when I was successful at breeding them, I did introduce another male in while I was watching and they fought immediately. Wow. Nice. No, I'm talking immediately. Nice. Um, and I left them for no more than five minutes watching what was going on. And the bigger male was all over the smaller male, trying to push it down, trying to flip it over. And I left it for a little bit, took it out. And that's when I was successful at, um, producing them, nice. Um, but yeah, great. no, I had no, I had no problems cohabiting male and female. And once they were sort of cohabbed, the male would just follow the female around everywhere. Really? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah so as I say, seeing seeing healers in the wild, it, it it's just you know, never thought it would happen. That was such an amazing experience. Um. Once again, just that on its own would have made the trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One, let alone two. Just one, let alone two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, there was another area that we went to at night. We did um, quite a bit of road cruising and we were finding like um, long nose snakes and ground snakes and that sort of thing on the road. But there was um, like a very high rocky outcrop for want of a better word. And it was the only bit of um, limestone that we saw. It was really out of place, but it's a big limestone outcrop. Super sharp to walk on. If you fell and you put your hand down, it would have shredded you. Yeah, wow. I mean, you know, you know limestone. It is. Yeah, of course. It, it's horrible to climb. It's um, And uh, it's obviously you're in the middle of the desert with this um, big monolith. outcrop, monolith type thing. You're, you're crawling yeah. up, you're walking up it. And uh, Rob discovered, to his absolute horror, because Rob is not a lover of heights, <laughs> that it was sheer sided on one side. Yeah. So it was it was it was scrambleable on one side, and then it was just a sheer drop on the other side. So uh, yeah, that, he had mentioned that it was uh, uh, he was watching his feet with his headlamp, and out of nowhere, the ground just disappeared. Yeah, and it was it, what he would refer to as the side of a cut. Yeah, hundred percent. It was just a straight cliff face. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it sharpened it sharpened everybody's mind because you're so focused 
on looking for snakes that you're not necessarily looking where you're going at night. And um, yeah, that was that was there was potential to have a serious accident. Yeah. There. It was it was a long drop, which you wouldn't want to. Yeah, I mean, you're for talking sure. hundreds of feet. You know, yeah, tumbling um, the whole way. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that wouldn't have been great. But while we were there, um, Dustin found a liar snake. Yes, which, oh, yes, just fantastic. Again, something I didn't think we'd find on the trip. It wasn't a target. Uh, super rare to find. I think to memory, it was the only the sixteenth record for really where we were. Yeah, I think. Wow, I think so. That's incredible. But it was huge. Yeah, like I, five I six had, foot. Yeah, I had in my head wow. that a, a liar snake was going to be a couple of feet long. Yeah, beasts. It's definitely so now. Was it more mangrove, or was it more was it more boiga, or was it more telescopus? Oh, all day long boiga. Really, it really reminded me of if you'd have taken that out and put that in Indonesia, you wouldn't have thought twice that it was boiga. It's really the head shape, the eye structure, the size of the head compared to the neck, everything. Um, and it's very very gracile, super long. Um, yeah, conversion evolution all day long. Oh, just yeah. fabulous looking thing so amazed and so stoked to see it, it was that's really, awesome really, really really cool that's incredible yeah so that was good um and then more venomous highlights we went to another area in daylight uh and it was we were looking for speckled rattlesnake which was really high on my want list it's something oh, I mean, for I sure one of my favorite um crotalus and really wanted to see that didn't have high hopes to see it because it's not a common species in that area. Um, and we all dispersed on the, on this um, mountainside. And again, within 20 minutes, Justin, who is a, just a, a herping machine, shouted and we saw this little dot where he was and he's waving his hands. So we all had to scramble up and, uh, Neither Eric or Rob particularly like heights. I'm good with it. I mean, mountaineering climbing yeah. is my thing, but it's not their thing. And they did so well because it was a little bit precarious where Justin had got to. Um, there was a little bit of free soloing to get to where they to where we. Oh, had really? To be. Yeah, it, it wasn't easy. So worse than the uh, than that main price high spot that we went to. Yeah, you yeah. and Eric. Oh, way, way more scrambly than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it was uh, the aspect of it as well. Um, you're literally on the side of a mountain. So even if you're doing a short scramble up, when you look over your shoulder, because of the valley slopes down, you, you you get a kind of perspective where you're like thousands of feet up in the air. Oh, yeah. Even though sure. the bit that you're on, you're only climbing a couple of hundred feet, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was it was a it was a nice little scramble. And then we're all in this tiny little area that you could stand on. So there was, you know, there's hardly any room to move. And there was this beautiful speckled rattlesnake. That's um, awesome. And this little uh, rock fissure. So, uh, managed so to get how, some... how high was the, the, the scramble? I'd say from sea level, I'd say it was quite high. From where we were, from the roadside where we parked, I'd say it was probably only 600 feet up, something like that. Okay. Um, but it was a sheer. Yeah. There was no. There was no path. Yeah. It was a scramble up the hillside, okay. um, and the final section where the snake actually was was very was 
more climbing than walking yeah, yeah there's uh, no there's no room to turn around you're just there was, shimmy back the way you came <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. yeah and we're you know we're literally almost climbing over one another to get somewhere to stand where the snake was sure, sort of thing. sure. um managed to get some really cracking pictures again on my instagram um of it actually in the rock fisher which was cool yeah i saw that's awesome uh, and then we managed to get it out uh dustin did his first um venomous snake double hook in Oh, nice! Which Excellent. he did really, really, you know, he's not done it before. He did it really, really well. Nice cool. control, controlled it really, really well, which was cool. Excellent. Um, and uh, yeah, we all got some some cracking photographs. Um, again, just a mad experience. Hey, I didn't think we'd see that, but to see it with everybody having to do this this yeah. mission to, to yeah. get up to it was really, really lovely. That was, That's that was awesome. A, it, was, it was a great day. A beautiful sort of coral pink. Snake, yeah. Have, you know, if people have a look on the Instagram, you know, the, the snake itself, really chunky head, just stunning, absolutely stunning. Probably for me, the snake of the trip, certainly the venomous really? snake, yeah, certainly the venomous snake of the trip. Well, now me. is that because of the individual specimen or because of where it was and, and how you came across it and the camaraderie of it? All, all of those, all of the above, okay, because okay. it's something I've wanted to see for a very long time and it's something. I've seen loads in captivity, but never seen in the wild because it was a particularly nice specimen. And, but also because of the effort involved in getting everybody up there to, to have yeah. a look at it. It was, yeah. it was really, really cool. That's um, great. Yeah. I was, I, and I think that was new for everybody on the trip, which is always nice, you know, yeah. oftentimes because we, because we had some, some lovely um, local herpers with us like Aspen, Chris and Lindsay, off, they've obviously seen a lot of this because they're local herpers in Utah. They'd obviously seen a lot of stuff in Utah. Dustin, sorry, Justin is obviously from Utah. Right. So he's seen most of the Utah stuff already before. So there wasn't um, a lot of stuff wasn't new for, for him. But I think that was the one species that was new for everybody. So I think that's, that's great. That's really cool. Yeah, because that's, um, that's very far north for, for Mitchell I. Yeah, it might. Uh, I'm not great with American geography. We might have strayed into Arizona for oh, okay. okay. It might have been it was certainly on the Utah Arizona border. So sure, sure. Um but yeah, that was that was cracking to see. Um that's great, man. And that's then awesome. the uh icing on the cake for me was we did more road cruising on, a, on another night in this um area that was sort of sand dunes that have been made into some quite nice housing oh really yeah so uh there's, there's you know, uh, detached properties with a lot of sand dunes between them then another detached property but with really good roads all through it so like nice, really nice. modern roads but through sand dunes and um we found some uh, some <laughs> we found some nice amphibians there uh we found um coleonics there which was really cool awesome uh, variegas what did we find in Arizona? Coleonics. Was that variegatus? Yeah, that was variegatus, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So we found what would be variegatus uterensis, nice. which looked completely different. Oh, yeah. Completely different. Um, so we found that, but we found a sidewinder. Now, this area, they'd taken us there because they'd found the sidewinders there before. The sand is really, really red there. So the sidewinders have a really red coloration. Wow. It was great. Um, now, is this, this is another subspecies, right? 
Yeah, this was uh, Serestis, Serestis. Okay. Um, I think Rob has done the three. So I was just about to say, I was making sure we were talking about the same area. So after you guys left the Utah trip, when Rob went back, he got the third. Yeah, I know. So now Rob has seen all three sidewinders. He's on a he's on yeah. a mission. He is. He's, he's a cheeky he monkey. He really he is. is a cheeky he's, monkey. He's a cheeky monkey. He is crushing it. He really. I love is. the fact that he's so motivated at the moment. But yeah, yeah. as far as Crocus goes, he is literally crushing it. Um, but yeah, so we we got that we I, and I managed to get some cracking photographs as well, which was which I was really pleased of. So that was I think that was the last snake of the trip. Oh That's no, tell awesome. them, I, we found a glo- we found a glossy snake on the way back to um, equally cool. To, yeah, that, that was really really cool. But the whole trip, um, it was lovely to meet the local herpers who were so enthusiastic, and it was lovely when people know so much about their local species. Oh yeah. It's, it's nice to to learn from people um like when we was in um arizona with dustin yeah and he could tell you the habits of the various whichever species you were looking at because he's seen them in the in the wild so much yeah they were the, they were the same for the like um aspen chris and Lindsay were the same for the um the utah species and justin yeah, Justin, of course, because he's, he's seen them before. So it's always a joy to, to meet local herpers. Um, but Rob, as you know, Rob's trip planning is is just, you know, is amazing. It's it, There's so much research that goes into it, but because there's so much research, you know, people say, oh, you're always lucky when you go on trips. No. There is There's always luck, yeah. There is some luck. Like, for example, our Sonoran Coral Snake. Yeah, it, it, you can't Pure go luck. looking for it. You have no. to have the luck. Yeah. But Rob knew where to look. Where, yeah, we was in that area for a yeah, reason. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the the depth of research because the 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 amount of species we found in a week, eight days, is just insane. Yeah, um, and and so. for people that are listening to this, like we 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 praise Rob a lot, right? And. It's not so. It's it's not just him sitting on iNaturalist going, "Oh, look, there's an observation a mile away." Well, they must be in the area. No, mm. he's actually looking at topographical maps and checking elevation, and then finding different routes to achieve said elevation, and finding out what the pressure is at that time of the year to make sure that where we're going is even worth it. So there's a yeah. shitload of homework yeah. that that Hair Stone puts in for these excursions. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. he's an animal. I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's not it's it's the the fallback options as well. You know, we could have gone on that trip. Oh, the weather shit. What are we going to do now? Yeah, but there were fallback options in place yeah. for every sort of contingency. So it's yeah. really really cool. Interestingly, um, everybody on the trip except for me had a smartwatch. Oh, really? I, I, I'm old school. I wear Amiga, obviously, darling. Uh, obviously. But, uh, obviously. But they all had smartwatches. Okay. So we were getting data all consistently all the time. And we were averaging a calorie burn of over 4,000 calories a day. Wow. Just through walking at altitude in the heat with Rob Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Rob told me that you guys collectively, or not collectively, excuse me, that 
you guys averaged about 50 miles in like 48 hours or 50 uh, yeah, hours. Yeah, we, we did a lot of walking. Yeah, incredible. A uh, particularly, a lot of it was to find Concolor, which we didn't find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, we, yeah, we, we walked. We, we did. It's not like some herping where, you know, it's not like, you know, road cruising cuts where you're probably out of the car for an hour or something, like, or if that. Yeah, if that, we, yeah. We were walking hours and hours every day so yeah our average calorie bump over the day was over four thousand calories i'm guessing because wow. we was eating most of the time in wendy's <laughs> our calorie intake was probably 1800 to 2000 calories a day i would say probably more if it's wendy's <laughs> no, and, well, and, anyway. and i heard that someone might be addicted to wendy's. oh mate not well i'm not addicted to wendy's i'm addicted to wendy's root beer what was the what was the said root beer? It's just that I think it's their own. I don't know. It's whatever they sell in Wendy's. What? Well, because I I remember it's got when, three little cherry like things as the logo. If that's if that helps. Three cherry. It's Bark's root beer. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And did they have caffeine free? Yes, they did. Okay, because I was gonna say. Remember when yeah. we were in Arizona? No, yeah, no, they did. They uh, had we, Barks is the only root beer that is has caffeine in it. Yeah, um, and you, I remember you saying like, "What are you trying to fucking kill me?" No, they, <laughs> they uh, it was, honestly, I would do things that are illegal in most states for some of that stuff. Because I, I remember Rob told me he's like, he's like, man, I I don't know, man, I, I feel like should I say something to him? Because we we he keeps going after this root beer. It was I'm amazing. Like, I was like, is there a problem, man? <laughs> yeah. It was it was just beautiful. I would have sold a kidney for it. Um <laughs> annoyingly, you can't get it in the UK. You're kidding. You can't get no. Barks root beer? No. Oh, well, you my. can, but I looked at it as soon as I got back, I looked at it. And uh I think for six cans it was something like 25 pounds. Jesus. I know. So Jesus. Yeah. Plus wow. You know, Plus a delivery charge, so you're probably looking at thirty quid for six cans. Oh my like god! It, yeah. Well, that's that's like uh, uh, I have a South African market by me, and there's a ginger beer that comes from South Africa called Stoney's, and it's right. o- it's owned by Coca-Cola. But you, the, the only way to get Stoney's ginger beer in the U.S. is to buy it from one of these two shops by me, <clears throat> and uh, it's I think it's probably about four dollars a can, and it's just worth it. It's just worth it. <laughs> You just have to do it. A ginger beer. So ginger beer, you can get everywhere in the UK. Yeah, yeah. But not, no, not here. No root beer, which is annoying. Um, so, yeah, so I came back. Uh, I flew home from America. Um, very pleasant flight back, which was good. And I landed, uh, and I had three days in the UK to wash my clothes, download my, download my camera, charge everything up, and then I left for Menorca. Well, before you talk of Minolka, uh did you have the same chip uh, issue that you had when we were in Arizona, where you ran out of space? Yes, I did. Good, good. Um, I, I love it. I sh- uh, that is 550 images. Wow. So, And you're, you're uh, shooting in RAW or no? Oh, I shoot in raw. I yeah, shoot okay. in raw. Yeah. So that's 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 um yeah, so the chip would take uh five fifty images in raw. Um so uh yeah, I had to delete stuff as I went along. That's the way to is, do it, man. Uh, you know, you, you never know which is gonna be the cracking shot, dear. So uh yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I don't take a light box with me or anything like that, which maybe I should. So you can start. I don't tend to travel with a laptop either. So you can't really go through the images and looking at an image on the back of a camera viewfinder, you can't really get it. So I'll delete the ones which are obviously burnt out or out of focus or whatever. And you yeah. never considered doing the uh, the auto cloud update, like the little the little cloud device yeah. that you plug in. Yeah, I suppose I should get on that. Um, yeah. I mean, I know it's not cheap um, no. because of the system, but yeah, I know a lot of guys. They're, they're you know they put a however many gig card in there as a as a contingency plan, but yeah. they have that little device on there that just send it. So like every time they come in like cell service, wham yeah. or to their phone, and then the phone yeah, yeah. transmits it. Yeah. Yeah, it is, I think that's probably the way forward. Um, but uh, yeah, and the other thing is when you get back, you've got so many pictures to go through to decide. Oh yeah, you know what you're gonna what you can actually uh, save and what you're gonna get rid of. I still have our tr photos from our trip. I haven't gone through. Oh, I've, yeah, I've still got I've got Arizona photographs that I haven't put through Photoshop. Yeah, which, which are completely still raw. Yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to to go through. Um, certainly got you know the, the Utah pictures. I, I've, I've barely started. So there we are. So yeah, so I so came, back to the Mediterranean. Back to the Mediterranean. So I went with my partner Alison to Menorca. Uh, so you've got the Balearic Islands, which most people probably know from Ibiza, which is the clubbing capital of yeah. Europe. Um, but the smallest, smaller of the islands, uh, in Menorca sits on the end um is a, is a real holiday place but it's got some really nice endemic herbs um and it's, it's like 90 miles off the coast of spain something like that yeah um yeah. so it's actually owned by spain right the, th the three islands are all owned by spain so but it's closer to france no 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 it's um it's sort of like slap bang in the Mediterranean. Three little dots. If you look, okay. you'll, see, you'll see where it is. But everyone, um, it, it still has the Euro and people speak Spanish. So Fair enough. It, 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 it's beautiful. Beautiful little, the three little islands. So you've got Mallorca, Menorca and Ibiza. Um, there's a couple of smaller ones, but those are, those are the main islands. Um, but because they're, they're islands, lots of endemics on there. Um, yeah. One of the, and they've it was really weirdly the main island of Menorca. There's um Italian wall lizard on, but there was an endemic wall lizard called Lilfa's wall lizard. Now that is only found on the islets around the island, so they're not on the mainland at all now. Really, the islets. So I, I photographed them before. There's two color phases there's completely black or there's green. Um, and I okay. photographed the black ones before, uh, and, and I really wanted to get some pictures of the green ones. But to do this, you've got to go to one of these little islets. So uh, I ended up kayaking, getting a kayak, uh, and kayaking to one of these little islands, tying the kayak up, and then I had a mad climb. I mean, this island, this islet, is probably only, I don't know, 50 or 60 feet round at the top. Yeah, yeah. Really, really steep though, so it's a proper scramble to get up. Um, and you're you know, you're scrambling through undergrowth, but there were sections that you were actually sort of free climbing up and then a little flat bit and so on and so on. So I got to the top and there's a like a little plateau of broken rock at the top with some spiky vegetation. 
but the seabirds that nest there are constantly dive bombing you and shitting on really it was uh, and uh, i took some video and all you can hear in the video is seabirds trying to attack me um (laughs) and i've gone through all this effort and i couldn't find any lizards i'm thinking oh this is shit uh, and then, but when you sit there for a little while, then you start seeing the lizards come out. So I managed to see the lizards, which was really, really cool. So I got some pictures of the green phase lizards on that island, which was the, the main task. And how close could you get to the lizards themselves? Uh, they're very, weirdly, in my experience, lizards that normally live on islands where there are no humans are normally really confiding and will normally come. And if you put banana down, will come right up to your hand. And blah, really? Blah. These were really, really skittish. You couldn't get close. I was using a long lens uh, yeah. to get photographs. Um, it wasn't even, the, you know, it's not like it was the hottest part of the day and they'd warmed up. This was like early in the morning. So right. uh, they're just really, really skittish. Um, but I managed to get some nice pictures. Again, they're on Insta if yeah. anyone wants to check them out. Um, but some other herping that we did, because um, Alison loves a tortoise, we found so many wild tortoises. Really? Were, oh, just just beautiful. Uh, her and I all over the place. Wow. There is only one venomous snake on the island, which okay. is uh, Macroprotodon. I don't know if you know that. It's no. probably up your street because it's like a brown dirt snake type thing. Oh, is it really? I've never heard. Yeah. It. Uh, it's Macroprotodon calculatus, I think. It's the Algerian food, smooth, false smooth snake. I'm so looking it up as we speak. It's originally an African species. Okay. Um, but whether it was introduced or whether it was naturally there, because it's not that far from the coast of Africa, I suppose. Right. Um, so it's a little rear fanged species, sort of a lizard feeder. You said macroprotodon? That's it, yeah. Calculatus, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Calculatus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely up my alley. But you'd like that. Very telescopus like. Very telescopus. Yeah. So a little rear fang thing. Um but beautiful, you know, beautiful little snake. Oh um, yeah. It has it has the head of a uh Cossus, you know, the night adders. I very like that, yeah. Yeah, it's got like a night yeah. adder head with a, a telescopus type body. That's it, yeah. And you get Super some very cool. get some very vivid patterns. You get some oh, sort yeah. of like um, coral pink ones. You get some that are almost bright orange with with really vivid markings down there. That's cool. That's yeah. super cool. So that, that's quite a nice endemic snake for that um, that part of the world. Yeah. So yeah, we had we had some we had a relaxing time, but we had, we did we did some nice herping. Got the lizards. Um, some fabulous um, other lacertids there. Just, just really nice, just relaxing herping with no real targets. So it was nice. Just, That's great. Just, just, just getting nice pictures. And, stuff. and how big were the the Hermans? How, how large? Like oh, they range from ones that were probably like dinner plate no, size. Yeah, we, we um, I think there's some pictures on Instagram. There might be one of Ali holding one. We found some that were no. I'm trying to think of American money. Certainly. 50 pence piece size for the UK. So oh, wow. prob- that's so super pro- tiny. <laughs> so, yeah. Like yeah. really, really just yeah. hatched. Legitimate um, coin sized. Coins, coin sized <laughs> yeah, tortoises, yeah. literally um, up to, you know, old adults that were probably football size. Okay. 
Yeah. That's, um, a, that's, that's big. But, and, and but in some areas, the density was ridiculous. Really? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you'd look around and you probably see in your field of vision, you probably see 10, 15 tortoises. <laughs> just, just little cricket balls sliding just, around. Just, just walking <laughs> along through um, the, the sort of habitat is sand dunes with um, spiky plants sort of thing. Um, nice. And you, you hear them before you see them because they're crunch, not, a crunch, subtle, crunch. not a subtle animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there, there was there was areas where there was absolutely loads of them. That's awesome. Yeah, some really nice geckos on the island as well. So yeah, they're always they're always grand to see. So that was cool. Um, we even had we had some stunning wall lizards just on the walls of the villa, which was really which was perfect. Yeah, so easy herping, just nice. So uh, it came back from there. And I had the same thing again. I had this time I had two days. So I came back, literally got back late at night, dumped all my kit, grabbed playing clothes, recharged the camera again. My camera is absolutely battered at the minute. It really needs a <laughs> bit of tender love and care. It needs to, yeah. you know, it needs, you know, Utah's not particularly kind to optics. It's very sandy. Uh, I was just going to say, we call that gritty. Yeah, Menorca's not particularly kind because it's sandy. So, yeah, it's been through the wars a little bit. So, yeah, pack the bags and uh, off we went to Crete. And I went to Crete with two um, excellent herping chums of mine, uh, Trevor Willis and Kev Burns. Uh, uh, interestingly for me, they are ranked number two and three in the UK list for UK listers for herps. Um and they've they change position between the two of them. Nice, nice. One will have a trip and he'll go up to number two, or the other one will have a trip and he'll go up to number two. So that was cool. But we all had the same target for this trip. We all wanted to see a particular gecko that you only find on Crete. Uh, so Crete, for those of you that haven't been there, is the biggest Greek island. Um, a, a typical Greek island, quite quite rocky extremely hot it, you know very very high temperatures um not particularly easy to herp but um we had some good sites we found the target species which was good that's a bit of a mission uh very montane species a little tiny gecko that's not very interesting to look at as about two inches long wow. little black little black gecko two inches long i needed it that was my one tick that i could get there that i hadn't seen before so that currently leaves me down now. Unless they change taxonomy again, I now have uh, three things left to see. It keeps. Nice. I keep getting down to two, and then they change the taxonomy, and it goes back up to three. Oh, so geez. at the minute, that has left me with three. Um, but um, we were one of the not a target because I've seen it before, but it's always nice to see. We went out at night looking for uh, cat snakes. Excellent. Uh, uh, Telescopus phallax. Yeah. On Crete, it's Telescopus phallax pallidus, which is probably going to get species status. So we oh, wanted really? to get, which is why we sought it out because we wanted to get some photographs to make sure that we uh, we didn't have to return if they made it a full species. That's good. So we've got the insurance tick for that. Um, but yeah, uh, beautiful species. Um, there's a, there's a quite there's not much standing water in Crete. Um, so wherever there is standing water, it's quite a hub for wildlife. And there's, I'm not sure about my pronunciation, Cornu Lake, Corner Lake, uh, a big lake. And that is like a, a magnet for wildlife. Oh, wow. uh, and 
It's got the Cretian water frog there, which is endemic, which we, we got some nice pictures of. Um, we've got a be beautiful um, viperine snake, which was uh, melanistic. Um, which I mean, I've seen viperine snakes before, but to see a melanistic one was 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 fantastic. Um, shots of that again on Instagram, and then we uh, we're walking about quite late at night and there was an old pump house by the side of the um by the lake which had whitewashed walls and trevor walked around the corner and going up the side of this pump house and phenomenal you're talking a vertical whitewashed wall wow and yet there's a snake just going up the side of it um <laughs> and it, it was hunting turkish geckos that's awesome uh, and it was a really lovely specimen uh of this um Telescopus phallax pallidus, and there's pictures on Instagram of that. But yeah, that was oh, really, yeah. really, really good find. Really pleased with that. And that's the only venomous snake on the island, so that was really, really cool to find one of those. Very cool. And they're so variable in that in that part of the Mediterranean. Yeah, I mean, so variable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've said, I've been lucky enough to find cat snakes throughout that part of Europe um, on various different islands on Greek mainland and things like that, um, and even into Israel. Yeah, and, and they are completely well. The Israeli species got raised to a different, uh, right, to a full, right. to a full species. I think that's, I want to say, Nigrocephalus. Could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, right. Nigrocephalus. That but, sounds um, right. Yeah, there's yeah. one on on roads too. I think they the the one on roads they're trying to elevate too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've have I seen them on roads? I've been to roads. I've heard roads. Yeah, I can't remember if I've seen cat snake on roads, but yeah. Um, but it's such a widespread species. It, it, there's got to be more than one species in there. Oh, if that makes sense for sure. Yeah, especially it's, since it's all islands. Yeah, um, but this. I mean, there's such a fabulous snake. Again, so boiger-like, absolutely stick thin, like pencil thin, with massive eyes and just obligate lizard feeders. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, really, really nice. Super cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a splendid time in Crete. The journey back wasn't so great. Um, we saw a lot of bats. We One of the other things we, we went, we did a, an epic trip um, down the side of a gorge. And that uh, for a wildlife experience, that was amazing to be in an ancient sort of um, monastery, but there was nobody for miles and miles, disused monastery, nobody for miles and miles and miles. And this monastery is cut into the side of a, a gorge that faces the sea. That's gorgeous. Uh, it, uh, it was, you know, and to watch, and it was an epic to get, you're literally walking down the side of it. If you don't like heights, it wasn't the place for you, to be perfectly honest, because you're walking down steps that have been carved into the side of the cliff, which aren't very wide, and it's a big drop if you mess it up. And now, is this monastery still used at all, or no? Not this, this particular monastery is in the grounds of a current monastery oh okay so there's a modern monastery and it's probably about a mile walk from that down the side of the cliff Gorgeous. Um, yeah and we just literally sat there watched the sun go down and then the bats are coming out and they're literally flying around us it was it was great that's great and there's some quite rare bats there which was which were really really cool um but yeah no we found we found uh we did we did well on crete we got them um, a really nice large um whip snake which is Kev caught that. Um, we had American bullfrog 
obviously. Really? Because it just gets everywhere. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. We had America. That's an introduced population. How did that, that happen? Somebody's pets. Um, oh, gee. Or food, maybe. Or, or food, potentially. Yeah. yeah. But there is, there is a, a lake there that just has a big population of American bullfrog. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, w- most days we ate at um, this uh, restaurant, outdoor restaurant, which overlooked the lake. And it's got sort of like a um, veranda built out over the lake with like a 20-foot drop into the lake. Very nice. And you could just sit there and look down and there must have been, you know, 50 to 100 pond turtles just swimming around because they know that the tourists will just drop food off the veranda. Yeah. So that's just tossing chips in the water. 100%. 100%. Loads of some of the green lizards, the certus there were incredible. Uh, we we saw the endemic wall lizards, so we, yeah, we really cleaned up there. It was great. Nice. And how long were you there? Yeah. Only for a week. It was there for oh, uh, just under a week. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. And then I come back, and now I haven't got a trip till September. Sucks, man. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So September, I'm hoping to go to Zamos. Okay. Um, there's Europe's biggest viper on is lives on Samos, which I've seen, but the people I'm going with haven't seen it. Um, which is this is Libertina, uh, Xanthina, Xanthina. Okay, yeah, so I suppose to be fair, it's still Macrovipera, right? Yeah, yeah. uh, but uh, is it or is it Vipera? No, I think it's Vipera, okay, All but right. Libertina. I don't know if you count that as European or not. Really? Well, it's on Cyprus. Okay. So I suppose geographically it's in Europe. Politically, it's not in Europe. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Um, and the uh, Schweizerei, the other blunt-nosed viper, is not as big. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I would say if, if you're counting Cyprus... The blunt-nosed viper, Levitine, is the biggest. If you're not counting Cyprus as European, uh, Xanthine is the biggest. It yeah. is what it is. They're both big. They're both big, scary vipers. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, that's... snakes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't want to get bit by any of them. So, um, so that is the plan for um, very cool. September and then October. And then, well, there's a phenotype of uh, leopard rat there as well, right? Leopard I think rat. it's le- leopard rat snake. Oh, yeah, rat snake. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, um, yeah, that's another reason I've seen it already, but okay. um, Trev needs to see that. He hasn't seen that. So that's high on his very list. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, you also get coin mark snake there, which is a very cool snake. Oh, nice. Um, which I've seen before, but they haven't. I might squeeze in a little trip to Bulgaria for man. You're just um, you just keep trying. Oh, I can't do it to try and get that bloody um, rat snake that I haven't got the um, Suramates. If I can get that in before uh, October, I will. And then we've got Florida, and I'm yeah. stupidly excited. I'm going to be such a pain in the ass because stuff that you see in your garden every day uh, is going to blow my mind. It's all right. You know, I've never seen an alligator in the wild. Oh, that, that's going to, you'll get bored quick. <laughs> no, I will not get bored quick. With that. Crocodile. 
I've never seen one out of water. So well, that's I on mean, my it, list too. In the water, out water, I don't care. I've only ever seen it's one. It's so different though. Like, cause I mean, I can, I could drive you right now an hour and a half and literally have it within, you know, stones throw distance, literally stones throw distance. And you'll see the eyes and the head in the water, but I've never physically seen one out of water. Uh, that would be good enough for me. I'd happily take that. Um, and then you've got, you know, Eastern Diamondback. I know. But Flo- man, Flor- Florida's tough because it. I mean, I guess it's it's no different than anywhere else you go. I just feel like there's so many times I've been on a herp trip where it's like, okay, we want to find this, we want to find this, we want to find this, and then we find the majority of it. Yeah, I feel like Florida is so tough to say. All right, we're gonna find one of these ten species, and you may not find any of them. Oh, 100%. You know, and um, I just, it's its one of those things where I've stopped telling people, oh, this is my pygmy rattlesnake spot. Oh, this is my American alligator spot. And I just don't say anything because I'm just going to jinx myself. Yeah, it's, you it's can, you can, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, I can't imagine the habitat. Arizona, Utah, you can imagine, you know what it's yeah. like to be in a desert, but Florida is such a unique sort of biosphere and i, I can't told you imagine. about the, the seven foot rule no so florida um excuse me let me rephrase that peninsular florida has a uh, a certain um an ability to change ecosystems within a seven foot perimeter all right okay so so in theory every seven feet you could have a different ecosystem mental it's it's crazy and and you'll you'll be walking and you're like man this is nice this is a higher elevation and by high elevation i mean an extra 12 inches above sea level whatever it is but it, I'm a, it, my, I, i've seen you in the mountains yeah. the look of awe on your face <laughs> exactly you're up that high it yes. makes me laugh yes i love it i love it so you'll find yourself in a a sandy loomy soil with these palmetto bushes and you'll walk seven feet and your ankle, you'll be ankle deep in water. Be like, well, I was just on a sand dune. How am I in ankle deep water? And you realize, oh, I'm surrounded by cypress trees. They need a lot of water to drink. So they made the earth shallower. And it, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy okay. changes. Um, yeah, I just can't. I, I can't even picture in my head what the scenery is going to look like and or anything. Yeah. I certainly don't want to think what the food's going to be like. It's got to be better than Utah and Arizona. Well, where we are, probably not, because we're going to be in the cent- center part of the state, and you got to go to the coasts to get like okay. a, a fine cuisine. <laughs> okay, but no, I'm I'm just fizzing for it. There's so many things I want to see there. So uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Pygmy rattlesnake. If we saw a pygmy rattlesnake, that'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and sirens. I- Oh yeah, dude! I, ever since I found that last one, I'm dying to get back out. I just haven't yeah. had time, man. Haven't had time. So I guess there's three sirens for Florida. Yeah, and I need two of them. However, one of them is super hard to find because the other one predates on it. Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and because of irrigation and waterways and that kind of thing there are people are finding less and less of them so but uh, we definitely get it get you on some amphuma too yeah 100 percent. and uh i mean amphibians man there's just 
There's so many oh, amphibians yeah. I don't have on my list because I just yeah. I just never go looking for them. You know. Yeah. No, it'll so. be it'll be outstanding. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I needed Rob to send me the the locations of some of the stuff so I can make sure it's not a gravel pit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be good. So yeah. he, he's 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 an outstanding planner. I'm, I'm sure it'll be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The for the sure. usual stone standards. Yes, the stone yeah. standard. I love that. I'm gonna put that on a shirt. <laughs> stone standards. Yeah. Stone standard herb trips, and yeah. then uh, obviously I've got, I've already got trips planned for twenty four. Wild, yeah. Wild. I'll, be, I'll be, you know, hopefully doing Naxos, um, probably Bulgaria again if I can't find that bloody snake, and then everything else will just be various trips to the states. So, uh, good yeah. stuff, looking good forward stuff, to it. Man. Yeah, so that's my little trips all done for now. It's been a, a, been a hell of a month. <laughs> it's been a busy, it's been, it's been a busy month. My dogs look of... at me like, who the fuck are you? But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's it's lovely to hurt, but it is lovely to be back home as well. You know, it's just a, yeah. a bit of regularity, as it were. Hey man, coming home to pine snake eggs. There ain't no oh, sham. You can't, you can't, you can't fault it. So tell us about the move then. Oh, the move. Well, <clears throat> I um well, we'll start with this. Uh, anybody who's planning on moving venomous, take your time, plan <laughs> everything out, and and do it well in advance. Because I thought I had planned appropriately, and I did not. I uh, thought that I had all my ducks in a row, so to speak, and I did not. Um, when I went to, because this facility was previously licensed already, but I had to renew. And when I renewed, the state said, oh, you have to use our new online database that we're going to incorporate it into the hunting and fishing app. So I was like, oh, this is great. I already have the hunting and fishing app. This will be no brainer. And then I go and there's, there's nothing there. Like, it's just, yeah. a, it's just a blank app. So then I contact them again, say, hey, the app's not up and running. How am I supposed to do it? Oh, no, you can't until, what was it, uh, May 28th. So you have until May 28th to mail it in hard post, right? Actual post mail. So I fill everything out. I send it in. Oh, we don't have it yet. Well, you took my money. Yeah, but we have 16 days to take the money before it gets put in the system. And then once it's put in the system, then a supervisor has to overlook it. And I'm like, this is bullshit. This is a delay on purpose because they don't want us to, to do this, right? Yeah. And, and maybe that's the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist in me, but it, it just, it was like one, one hurdle after another. Right. So finally um, I managed to get a hold of my investigator who is going to do the local inspection for the renewal. And he's like, look, I don't know you personally, but everyone speaks highly of you. So let's be friends. I'll come do it for you ahead of time. And I was like, awesome so i got him over here and we i showed him everything and he thought everything was tip top and looked good and uh, which is great because i i want to have a good rapport with with my local mm. guys you know and to make sure we're on the same page what he wants and what what i want in, in terms of uh caging and transportation and my investigator actually was previously in charge of the port so 
he may not look like a he is not a snake guy per se mm-hmm. but he yeah. knows all the snakes he knows all the snake regulations so he's not a herper at heart but he can definitely tell the difference between a ball python and a monocle cobra a thousand percent um so i get the inspection out of the way and he's like look man i i just need them to tell me to go to your house i'll tell them hey i already did and you'll be done that took another 30 days to do that so it has been a it's been rough in that regard but moving everything over actually went rather smoothly um i rented a box truck for two days um i bagged everything up in one day containered everything in one day and then brought everything over to the new residence in containers right and then i moved all the cages okay yeah so cages got stripped um i will be really honest i did not really clean them i kind of just dumped out the substrate and threw them on the truck um but that's okay because I kind of like the smell to still be a little bit of the same. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to just go crazy and sanitize everything. Um, but it was just a great opportunity to add all new substrate, to do a deep clean on all my water bowls, to make sure that all my light fixtures are the way they are, to dust everything. Dude, nobody realizes how much dust gets in between enclosures or in between yeah. rack drawers. You know, yeah. I have my, my little colubrid rack, my gecko rack, right? So I've got the, the gecko rack, there's always sand spilling in some regard, right? I mean, they're desert geckos for crying out loud. But the colubrid rack, I took all the drawers out, and there's just <laughs> dust, man, just so, from the aspen shavings. Yeah. And man, it was it was it was very therapeutic to be able to clean oh, everything 100%. and wipe everything yeah. down. Um, and did then, you, what's that? Did you have a plan? So you took all the venomous out and bagged it and tubbed it, right? Did you have a plan of where you were going to put the cages when you move them yes so here's the issue um in my previous residence i had the venomous room and then that had just venomous snakes as well as all my herp crap and then downstairs i had a handful of colubrids and geckos in my bedroom that's because it was just easy you know it was just in my bedroom it was in the corner of the bedroom right well now everything's in one room and I thought I could do, if you, the room was a rectangle and you've got the right and the left of the rectangle, I was going to do all the harmless stuff on the left side of the rectangle and all the venomous stuff on the right side. But because of the size of the enclosures, the size of the racks, where the power outlets were, where the door is in the room and all the other crap that I had to go along with this endeavor, it, it that is not the case. Right. <laughs> so, um, it's pretty much 50-50 venomous on one side, not venomous on the other, but there is a few things intertwined. The good thing is I just ordered uh, skull and crossbones uh, decals. So every single venomous thing, it doesn't matter if it's mild or it's super toxic, everything, everything that's venomous is going to get a little skull and crossbones decal just as an extra precautionary measure. Um, every single thing that's venomous either has locking latches or a physical lock. It's not in a drawer where I could just open it with my hand willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to make those precautions for myself. No one's going to be in there without me, you know. So it's 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 honestly just for me. But accidents happen, man. People make fucking mistakes. And oh, uh, yeah. I also have um, Cloud Forest Design makes these really really nice 
display labels with a picture yeah. of the animal, the map and all that. Well, uh, the owner of the company's name is Matt. Him and I got together a few months back and I helped him design anti-venin labels. So okay. basically if you, let's say you have uh, the Gaboon Viper, you know, uh, West African Gaboon Viper, uh, Bitis rhinoceros, uh, you can order the normal label, which has like the fun facts on it and, you know, the ICUN red list yeah. and all that crap. Or you can order the venomous, the vent, the anti-venin label where all the fun facts are gone and it lists the anti-venins that are common to North, to, to the United yeah. States. Right. Um, so it's got uh, Samar and Inasan and the Egyptian polyvalent, whatever else it is for, for yeah. Kaboon Vipers. Um, so I have those for every single venomous snake. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, the only the only ones that are not anti venom labels is um, the uh, Telescopus and the Gila Monster for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, but the, even the the Gila Monster label still says because in Florida law it has to say danger venomous reptile. So I made sure that that Matt put that on all the anti venom labels. Danger venomous reptile. Does oh, it just really say cool. venomous? Yeah. No. And um, and then on certain species like uh, Atheris, there is no anti-venin. Um, and uh, I had it, it in big, bold letters. No anti-venin, you know, sp- uh, start by monitoring localized symptoms, blah, 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 blah. So, wow. That's yeah, same thing, same thing with the, um, the stilettos. I was going to say, what did you put yeah. for your dirt snakes? Yeah, dirt snakes say the same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not exactly the same as the atheris. I think I, I changed the wording a little bit. Um, I think it's like um, I can grab one if need be, but mm-hmm. yeah, it basically says there is no anti-venin. Uh, seek medical attention. Uh, look for symptoms X, Y, and Z. Blah blah. blah. It, it's on the website. So Cloud Forest Design, selfless plug to them. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to do those things to prevent me from making a fatal accident. Oh, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about in the beginning of the show how everything's kind of getting on the same shed cycle, which I thought was great. I had like yeah, s- yeah. seven or eight snakes shed in 24 hours. And I'm sure the move and the pressure and the temperature and all that. Uh, has yeah, 100%. Um, but it's also very interesting to see the the heightened stress of everything, right? Animals are going to stress. They just moved across town. Yeah, they yeah. were in different containers. A whole world of smells. Now I just raise the temperature on them with, to, to hotter than they normally are. Yeah. Um, but it also, you got to constantly remind yourself with Venomous to, to slow down and focus. Yeah, you know, I went to open a container of the um, uh, Tamalipan rock rattlesnake, the uh, Marulus. And this is a full-size adult Marulus. And I, 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 the container he's in is a sealed airtight tub with obviously with air holes, mm-hmm. but it has four latches and each latch is a positive, you know, mm-hmm. that way I know that I latched all four latches. Yeah. So I take the container off the shelf. I put it onto my, my working bench. I unlatch it. I look in there and he's inside his little hide cave sticking his nose out, which is where he always sits Yeah. in the one and a half seconds it took me to use hemostats in a snake hook and lift the lid up his face was already out of the tub wow because he knew that i was going to take that lid off yeah, yeah. He, he felt the same vibrations or whatever yeah, it was yeah. of me opening that container so i was thinking to myself man if that was a pygmy i probably would just use my hand 
Yeah, you know? and and yeah. and and it. Thank God it. Thank God it. I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's I think the the scariest part about the move was remembering where I put the stuff, how I arranged everything, and then following my own safety protocols and making sure that everything is exactly the same as it was. Nothing is different, but now I need to be mindful. Um, and I'm probably going to start using a hook to open every single drawer to open just, just, and he must yeah. to, to take latches off and everything just because it forced a habit, you know? I think that's definitely the way forward. Yeah. yeah it just makes yeah, sense. The, the thing is, it's the, the difficulty is if you've just moved and you're under a, a time constraint to get everything back in its vibs, right? You're going the fatigue is going to be massive. For sure. Because not only have you got the physicality of that, you know, you've, you're physically moving a load of cages and, yeah. you know, you're packing and unpacking, yeah. carrying boxes up and down stairs and all that sort of thing. But oh, yeah. also, you're doing a stressful activity in so much as there's not many occasions when you would have to physically interact with all of your venomous legitimately in a 24-hour span. In a 24-hour period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And normally you might, you know, clean or feed a certain number but you're physically having to open boxes where you're not familiar with the layout inside, as you said, yeah. and get, get animals into vivs and secure them in vivs one after the other over yeah. a long period of time. It must've been exhausting. Yeah. And, and I, I definitely spanned it over the course of say three days, like yeah. certain, certain animals were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? more tolerant of the move than others yeah. so like north american colubrids they don't care they're fine you know sarasti sarastis i there's no water bowl to change so no. like throw them back in the sand they're happy as as can be um the elapids i waited on all the elapids until i had slept a full night's sleep that's brilliant because i just i figured i'm gonna sleep a whole night's sleep i'll wake up in the morning I'll have breakfast, get a coffee and a cigarette, get the day yeah. rolling. And before I start schlepping boxes and furniture and everything yeah. else, I said, let me just go do just the elapids. Yeah. Um, which, I think that's, that is a testament to your experience that yeah. you had the fortitude to do that. I think a lot of people will have just gone, oh, I've got to get all this done. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I typically save the, uh, save the spitters for last. Yeah. Just because they are so much more of a handful. Yeah. But uh, I wound up not doing that this time because, again, fatigue. I wanted to be, I wanted to have my wits about me, and they are so much more of a handful. It's worth putting on the gloves and the mask and everything else. But dude, everything was fired up, man. Just the, just like, what did you do to us? Why this isn't my cage? Yes, it is your yeah. cage, Cobra. It's your same cage. I don't believe you, Phil. Like this <laughs> was, it was rough. And you know, I have a. a, a yeah an Ethiopian Cobra that I've had for, Oh crap, 15 years now. Yeah. And it's gotta be, it's pushing. It's easily six foot. And he's like, I'm out of the cage. I, I'm not going back. You can't make me, yeah. you can't make yeah. me go back in that Viv. That's not happening. So <laughs> dealing with this, it's like eight in the morning. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like I don't need this. <laughs> yeah. So, but you got to do it right. You got to do it slow. 100%. And, uh, it, it's not it's not breakdancing it's a waltz you know it's ballet smooth so oh, fair effort mate. i mean it's a mission but you've done it now yeah it's done and now you can just relax and enjoy the fact that everything's yeah. 
where you need it. Yeah. And uh, I wound up losing two stilettos a oh. week before the move. Oh. And I don't understand why, because those are the ones that I physically watched, photographed, and videoed them eating. Oh. So I don't know if it is a because I jumpstarted their metabolism. So I, I don't know if it's, if I jumpstarted their metabolism and I didn't give them enough sustenance or they're seasonal feeders and it's summer and they know it and they're, they're, they're using more metabolism or using yeah. more stomach acid or what, I don't know. Maybe they were just so far gone that that was their Hail Mary, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really don't know. But at the same time, my good friend Marcus wound up acquiring a, uh, neonate forest cobra and when he did that he picked me up three more stilettos oh, right. so so now i got three more stilettos so i was down to one and now i'm back to four i really so, don't get why you love them so much but i'm glad that you got them you know it, it's I, someone else recently asked me that and it's yes they are a dirt snake Yes, they look like a anorexic Mexican black king snake that only lives <laughs> underground. But take the venom out of it. The delivery system of said venom, the skull structure, the way of life. Nobody knows how these things live. Nobody's mm. studying their natural history. They're studying wet specimens and they're studying clinical effects of their venom and they're studying the venom itself. No one is going out into the field and actively pursuing the species to monitor its existence. And everyone that I know that keeps them in captivity, they keep them in an extremely sterile environment so that they can keep their face clean so they can milk them for, for venom research. Yeah. So to me, I get to interact with what I think is an incredibly fascinating species. And also I'm documenting as much as I can as a, a layman with my my meager amount of citizen science um, to just learn as much as I can, yeah. you know, and, I, and it's been so freaking rough to get them eating and to, to monitor them and observe them doing their thing. But it's also so cool when, the, when I finally see them eat or I, yeah. I finally saw it drink you know, or I'm noticing it prefers the wet side opposed to the dry side or the top of the soil opposed to the bottom of the soil or, oh, this one I use leaf litter and it didn't like it, but this one I use cypress mulch ground up and it loved it. And you yeah. know, all these little, all these little things. And even if I'm the only one who gives a crap, it's worth it. That's grand. I'm, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's fabulous that you found a species that you can anchor to. Yeah. Man. So for me, I've seen them in the wild. They're just dirt snakes. Yeah. And the ones you've seen, the ones you've seen in Israel, that's the Holy yeah. Grail. That's, that's what I okay. want. And okay. I'll probably never get one of them. Uh, no, I just thought they were very, very scary. Oh, for sure. And that, I think that's another thing too, is like, when I take out a rattlesnake, I'm like, all right, cool. It's a rattlesnake. Like I know, yeah. it, I know it's limitations. I know my limitations. Yeah. When I open the tub on the stiletto, I have no idea what it's going to do. No, they are psychotic. There's and, two ways I have no idea what's going to happen. And that is still amazing and it, it, there's no adrenaline like it's not no. there's no there's no like uh, endorphins i just jumped out of an airplane like i'm not doing no. this for any kind of rush it's just the thought of knowing like yeah i could touch this thing with the snake hook and it could slither under the dirt or it could shoot eight inches in the air and thrash around like a pinwheel 
and I'll yeah. never know. Yeah, you know, very cool. Oh man, I digress. There we are. Well, I'm glad the move went smoothly, mate. I think that's an epic thing to undertake. Um, thank I you. Know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was, was, I know you planned it for a, a, you know, you planned what you were going to do. And I think that's to your credit that you worked out rather than just, you know, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. You really planned it before you move and you were really, really sensible on, you know, making sure you were in top form before you started. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's grand. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also, it also comes down to containers too, because. Yeah. Everybody can deli a snake or, or bag a snake. Some of the snakes that are in their own individual containers, yeah. I literally removed any kind of heavy decor and I removed their water bowl. Yeah. And I just left them in their container and yeah. put that inside of another locked container for transport. Yeah. So I really tried to make it as painless for them and painless for me at the same time. Yeah. It's, yeah, still an epic undertaking, but you only have to do it once. Yeah, yeah. Only problem is now the missus knows exactly how much stuff I've got, <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, yeah. she walks in the room and she, well, she, she's been a, a, a godsend, and I, I literally could not have done this move without her. Uh, between carrying cages and boxing stuff up and driving cars back and forth, and I, I couldn't have done it without her, but when I have it all done and she walks in the room, I know it's going to be uh, where, where does this come from? <laughs> you know, yeah. When Ali walks in there and sees something new, she says, have you just got that? I go, no, I've had that for years. You must've seen it before. And she goes, oh, okay then. But uh, yeah. But another consideration for people thinking of getting into venomous, consider what happens if you do have to move. It's not just like keeping corn snakes that you can just stick in a pillowcase and just dump out the other end. Oh, yeah. You know, the whole thing with venomous, it's longer, it's more protracted. You've got to pre-plan everything. Yeah. That's what makes it, you know, forget the danger element. It's it's the time and the the methodology of doing everything that is uh, the big thing for venomous. Here, here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sir, I think we uh, covered a lot this episode. I think we did. It was lovely to catch up with you. Yeah, it's a hell of a catch up. That was a hell of a catch up. We have got some fabulous guests lined up, though, I believe. We do. We definitely do. Yes. On subjects that I know absolutely squat about. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I've got to. Um, uh, everyone's traveling right now, or it's early yeah. summer families and kids out of school and summer camps and all that so we're gonna we're gonna try and get some recordings done in the next couple weeks and yeah uh, hopefully we'll have some some venomous lizard action and some arthropod action and uh keep this trainer running ideal thanks to everybody as usual for listening we really appreciate it i mean you could be listening to anything and you've chosen to listen to us to ramble on so we really do appreciate that please like and subscribe Please follow me on Phil on Instagram and have a splendid evening. Bye.